Today's episode is presented by Lodestar, the fee experts. Hi, everyone. Welcome to this week's episode of Lending Leaders. We have a great guest today, a good friend, second time returning guest, uh, Tim Nguyen, um, CEO uh, and founder at Smarty. Uh, Tim, thanks so much for coming on. I know we, we chat a lot. I'm excited to talk about what you're seeing now in the industry, um, what you guys are doing, you know, looking into 2024 uh, and anything else we, we feel like talking about in the next 20 minutes. Awesome. Jim, thanks for having me yeah. on as always. Right. This is, you know, some uh, very excited. Sometimes we have a lot more questions prepared than others, but I think uh, this is a conversation where we'll have an easy time uh, filling the time. So uh, just to start, you know, be smarty POS platform, amongst other things, working with lenders all throughout the country. You know, what are you seeing now um, in, in the market and, and your current clients, potential clients? Yeah, great. Um, I think it's a great place to start. Um, you know, undoubtedly right now, it's all about volume forecast. Mm-hmm. So, you know, when we um, got a little early Christmas gift, as everyone remembers, with the bonds yeah. and the rates, um, we had a little scare with the job reports. I think it was last week, last Friday or the week Friday mm-hmm. before that little scare yesterday with the retail sales. But overall, you know, I think the consensus still is, you know, three quarter rate point drops in the first half of this year, leading to about a 20% increase in volume in the second half of 2024. Um, I think it's making people optimistic. That's all, all I'm hearing people talk about on the on mm-hmm. our, uh, client base side and um, our potential client base side. Um, I have strong opinions about it because I, you know, I want to caution, right? The peanut butter will not spread evenly. Right? <laughs> and the fortune, what, you know, I've seen is over the last you know, 24 months, you've had a lot of big players buy servicing. Think of yeah. their home, think Mr. Cooper, right? They're buying a lot of servicing. They've continued to invest in a, a better retention mousetrap. Mortgage, you know, lenders, IMBs in particular, have sold off their servicing for cash during this period. So, they're going to be in a stronger position, right? They're going to have a stronger retention trap. They have an unfair advantage. Mm-hmm. So they're going to benefit from this. Um, we also see that our community um, banks, our community credit union customers um, are going to benefit from it as well. Because, you know, the tide will lift all boats, just not mm-hmm. as much, you know, a little bit more for the big guys. The um, FIs will have a lift. I'm most concerned about our kind of mid-tier market and our lower mid-tier market where mm-hmm. they retracted. The volumes are there, but they haven't recruited aggressively, they haven't retooled, mm-hmm. they haven't challenged their uh, models, their processes um, as much as they could have during a time where um, you know, volumes are slow and there's actually you know, ready labor to, to do these mm-hmm. things. So that's, you know, first and foremost is what I'm hearing out there. Yeah, it's a, it's a weird position to be in, right, where you're almost looking for bad economic news, right, because you know that's going to lead to lower interest rates and, and a bigger rebound in that refi market. And I think people are, are seeing better economic news than they expected, right? So the idea of a soft landing, which is overall really good, um, you know, basically means to a, a slower tick up in, in mortgage rate or tick up in mortgage volume, I guess. Yeah, you know, I'll be honest, I never understood, I try to understand it, why sometimes yeah. bad news is good news. Yeah, um, I don't quite understand it, but I, I think I, uh, I I hear you on that. Yeah, yeah. I, I well, then on the opposite for... end, good news is bad news, right? A year, year and a half ago, economy's doing well. We're seeing those interest rates double. 
over a course of, of, of six months. So it's, you know, uh, a little bit counter cyclical. I know we're both in, in groups of, of fellow CEOs and when they're talking about economic, um, you know, potential recession and things looming, I kind of just look mm -hmm. at my group and I say, hop in guys, the water's warm. We've been, we've been dealing with this for a year and a half now. Yeah. And I think the second thing that's really kind of top of mind so far in the last, say, 30 days, mm -hmm. leading, you know, from uh, 2023 into 2024 is recruiting. We're mm -hmm. hearing a lot more about recruiting. Mm -hmm. You know, I still, you know, if you look at the numbers based on volume versus uh, personnel and mortgage, we're still about 25, 30% um, overemployed. All right. So there will still be some more uh, turnover in terms of right. uh, personnel. Mm -hmm. uh, which means uh, the people remaining will be in a better position as the market normalizes. Yeah. We're not in a normal market yet. Let's not get ahead yeah. of ourselves. Or we have oh. a 20% increase in, in volume, right? And that normalizes. But yeah, that going back to your, your chunky peanut butter analogy, right? Um, you know, looking at kind of overstaffing, where does that look like, right? Like where in organizations are they more likely to be overstaffed? Uh, smaller mid-tier organizations, mm -hmm. for sure, where the culture is much more family, credit mm -hmm. unions, for example, right? right smaller IMBs and broker shops. Um, it's much more family atmosphere. They, they will look at the data they have good data. And if you can look at someone's um, holder rate, look at someone's production, right? Mm -hmm. Number of touches and underwriting is clogging yeah. up underwriting. You know, there's really good, you know, margin, just straight margin and, and profitability yeah. per loss or basis, right? The data's mm -hmm. out there. The LS and BI tools are really good at it. Mm -hmm. It was really difficult for small organizations to have such a family atmosphere. Employees have been there for 15, yeah. 20 years to, you know, automate them out of a job and mm -hmm. not pro not promoting that at all. But it's right. a challenging position to be in. Yet people mm -hmm. that have been loyal to the company and the brand and part of the team, part of the family, really. Yeah. Um, you you got to just, you know, uh, what did I say? You got to kind of uh, pull through and make sure that you keep as much people as you can because you will need that. You will need yeah. those people. Hope. Right, exactly. And, and hopefully you can avoid that, that ups and downs of hiring and firing that you see a lot in the industry. Um, yeah, that's one thing it's... about the mortgages that I absolutely despise is the, mm -hmm. the ups and downs of it, right? especially with larger companies where it's easier yeah. to just, you know, churn and terminate 500 employees with a... Uh, you know, yeah, I talked to a top 10 lender at one point, and I think this was still a year ago, as of, you know, between 2020 and then, I think they hired and fired 10,000 people. Oh, that's great. You just think of the cost and the timing and, you know, all of the, all of what that includes is, is, is kind of wild. Yeah, I really hope mm -hmm. um, that our um, peers on the origination side yeah. use this windfall, use this experience, really just kind of rethinking mm -hmm. their business model. Well, do you uh, see so people that doing that to... now? I mean, we definitely do, right? Do you see folks preparing for that, you know, trying to get more efficient, trying to avoid having to hire a lot of people? Yes. And then no. Mm -hmm. So during the height of it all, yes, oh, we got to redo things. We got to, you know, yeah. do X, Y, and Z. And as things normalize and think people got a little bit more comfortable, maybe with the new norm and the new expectations mm -hmm. that we see this year, um, I'm starting to see uh, old habits come back. Mm -hmm. um, you know, it takes a lot of discipline, I think, to really focus on lean execution and, um, you know, expectations internally. And mm -hmm. it's not a one and done. It's a cultural thing or it's a forever thing. But I think if, if our um, clients or our industry can do that, that means people will be less up right. and down in and out of companies. Yeah. Revenue mm -hmm. and cash will be less up and down. Yep. Mm -hmm. 
Um, so kind of along those lines, seeing, you know, reading the tea leaves of what, what things are looking like in 2024 and beyond, how are you at Be Smarty kind of preparing for that? How are you trying to help your lenders, you know, navigate this new normal? Yeah, to use a, yeah. an overuse I mean, term? first off is listen to them, get yeah. closer to your customers, really understand what's going out in mm-hmm. the street. And if you have the opportunity, go sit next to the lobster. Yeah. Go, go to a, a real estate open house, right? Go be on the street and really feel the vibe and see what people are talking about, how they're feeling. But for Be Smarty in particular, um, this all started back in 2023. So mm-hmm. we made a very conscious effort in, or decision in 2023 that we weren't going to reduce our R&D budget. So when it comes to product and engineering, um, mm-hmm. we kept it the same. We didn't cut into it. Mm-hmm. This, this year, we're going to increase that budget. And the reason why we kept it the same is we knew we will normalize. It's just a matter of when. We thought it was going to be second half yeah. of 2023. Things will be second half of 2024 now. Mm-hmm. Um, it wasn't a comfortable decision. Right. Um, they put a lot of pressures on the business, but I think it was the right decision. Because mm-hmm. our clients expect us to keep on innovating. And innovating in software in particular, it's like construction. It takes a lot of money and time and effort. Yeah. So we got a lot of, uh, so we have what I call a trifecta that we're going live with in um, March of this year at the ICE conference. So we're mm-hmm. really excited to unveil a, a new brand, a new mm-hmm. consumer UIX has been lifted. We've always been focused on the automation of data processes. That will still remain. Right. Lifting the consumer experience. We're also mm-hmm. lifting a uh, ability for loan officers and agents to better connect out in the field at a better price point, a better you know um, data mm-hmm. communication tools out in the field. We really mm-hmm. support that purchase market direction. Mm-hmm. So it seems like this is kind of a reaction to more purchase-oriented market going forward, as well as kind of changing consumer expectations and really the focus on that uh, borrower experience? Um, you know, I, I would say it's part reaction because mm-hmm. um, we always knew that the consumer experience is important, obviously. We always yeah. knew that purchases is where you really want to cut your teeth because refines yeah. are also up and down. Um, but it, it's more of a strategic decision that's been in the works for mm-hmm. a long time. Right? Mm-hmm. We, you know, when we had, when, when BeSmart was launched, we have one mission in mind. How do you take a bar from a first name, last name, email right. to a paid appraisal in about 15 minutes? And we accomplished that. The automation is ridiculous, but the automation in some cases is over, uh, it's a little bit too much yeah. for adoption, right? So we had to tail back some of the automation. Um, so because of that conscious decision, mm-hmm. we created an acceptable UI. Now we're creating, right. we're lifting that, creating an excellent UI. Mm-hmm. Um, we've had tools for the realtors and loan officers, but they were mm-hmm. um, limited. So we put more mm-hmm. resources in that direction to really get right. that trifecta. Or we look at mortgage point sale vendors, pick one for this reason, pick one for this reason, pick be smart for automation data. Now we're looking at a way to you can get it off of one vendor at a subscription, you know, type right. of model price point. So the idea of like a good UI automation and you know that connectivity, right? Kind of all all three in one. Yeah, exactly. You don't mm-hmm. need multiple vendors for it, right? You should yeah. have one vendor, one throat to choke, so to speak, yep. and um, have that um, that, uh, that continued innovation. Mm-hmm. Now, it's funny, as we look towards 2024 um, and 2025, you know, AI, obviously, is going to be kind of where we yeah. start cutting our teeth on. Yep. And um, before I ask you about AI, too, I, I, I always curious, you know, in, in introducing this new product without giving too much away, what what led you to want to do a rebrand opposed to kind of doing it within the, the current Be Smarty? You know, banner. Um, so we're still going to keep the Be Smarty name. Mm-hmm. The logo is going to change. The, the yep. product names are going to change. Okay. 
the way the products are configured is changing, the Got way it. we tell our story. It really it boils down to one thing for us mm -hmm. is we have a lot of big lenders. We push about 90,000 applications a month in this market today. Mm. And it's pretty pretty good amount of volume. It's not the biggest, yeah. but pretty good. But our name is um, not as known as some of our competitors. Right. We really want to take this as an opportunity to say, hey, we're all, we call it the reintroduction. Here we are yeah. meet, meeting you again for the first time, right? Yep. I'm going to really be able to tell that story, articulate that story of who we are, what we stand for, where we're going, yeah. um, you know, concretely and through branding, through messaging, through the product line, mm -hmm. through day-to-day -day interactions. Yeah. Well, we went through our, our kind of rebrand with our logo and website and all that about two and a half years ago. So I don't, I don't envy you. It's, it was a lot, a lot of work to go through. I was happy with the result and everything, but it, it takes a lot well, our of time. Team's been, our team's been fantastic. Yeah. Uh, our marketing, our sales team, mm -hmm. our product team. Yeah. Um, I just mm -hmm. look at the logo and say, yeah, that looks great. Yeah. I don't know how you guys did it. But, yeah. Um, that's awesome. So you had mentioned AI, right? And when we were at uh, our last conference together this fall, um, every other booth seemed to be AI, right? Um, I couldn't for the life of me tell you what half those companies did, um, but everyone had AI on their booth, right? So how were you kind of viewing that from the moves you're making, from what you're hearing? Like, how do you view AI in, in this industry? Well, first off, I would say um, be careful, be cautious with AI, especially mm -hmm. if it's very specific to core mortgage operations. Okay? Mm -hmm. Um, I think AI is the future. Don't get me wrong. I've actually made uh, multiple investments in AI uh, as mm -hmm. an angel. Um, so I'm starting to learn a lot more about it. Here's my mm -hmm. recommendation to to um, our industry is mm -hmm. be keen on AI. It is the future. That's the first yeah. thing we got to understand. Mm -hmm. um, but be careful and cautious. You know, the, I think the best thing to do is what we did. Start consuming AI in non-core functions. Mm -hmm. For example, marketing, legal, mm -hmm sales, copyright. Yeah. Customer research. support. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Mm -hmm. There's some great tools have been out there. It's been proven and scaled. Start mm -hmm. there. Just be a consumer of AI and non-core functions. Right. And then start bringing in your core functions. We'll be very careful. Mm -hmm. Like for us, we technology companies bring into code and QA and so forth. For a mortgage lender, it's the automation of underwriting, automation right. of X, Y, and Z. Mm -hmm. Right. I'm not saying the vendors out there are not good. I'm just saying be really right. careful because it's still really early. Mm -hmm. right? Everyone made different bets and different AI brains. Right. We just got to make sure that, um, you know, you, you, you can get lift first, build into your culture and then start really, you know, yeah. digging into the core processes. A lot of people say, Hey, let's build our own large language model. Let's bring in our own AI. Like, where do you stand on using kind of a, a given vendor versus trying to go it alone? Um, use a vendor. Yeah, for sure. Um, mm -hmm. There are a lot of really, really, really smart people, way smarter than yeah. I am, that are building these systems. There's billions mm -hmm. and billions of dollars of experience and contacts and resources yeah. and government, you know, uh, influence. I don't know how I could ever compete against a chat GPT and some of the other ones being backed by billionaires. Right. Um, yeah. It, it literally is rocket science for me. Right? Yeah. It's, it's, it's good. Mm -hmm. But see, what the way I see it is, you know, call chat GPT by, call it Spock. Spot from Star Trek. Yeah. Right. Someone else has come up with another one. It's Einstein. Then it's Newton. Right? The point is, yeah. all these AIs, in my opinion, they're, they're almost like you got to look at it like a living, breathing organism. They're all really smart, but they've all been trained. They grew up a little bit differently. Yeah. So they're all going to answer the same question a little bit differently. Right. Mm -hmm. And I, I treat AI on, I use AI on a daily basis as an advisor, as a research yeah. tool, as a, uh, a sounding board. Mm -hmm. um, 
And I, I caution everyone, right? Like treat it like you're a turkey. Listen, get that advice, but ultimately it's your neck on the line. If something yeah. goes wrong, you have to make the final decision. Don't yeah. just only trust And me. understand, like an attorney, there's going to be a bias in everything they say, right? A job of attorney is to mitigate risk, right? And that's always going to be the answer they have. Uh, AI just has no morality around what it does, right? It's taking in information and kind of spitting out what it thinks is best for you, right? So you shouldn't run your business from an attorney or from AI, right? Somewhere, somewhere in between. Well, but you know, it does have some morality built in, right? It, there are safeguards mm -hmm. that puts it in there. And that's what I mean by the upbringing. It learned different mm -hmm. things in different ways. Yeah. Oh, learn, everyone learned about X, Y, and Z, but they'll learn it differently. Right. They'll learn at different paces. They all got trained yeah. with a little bit of morality that the developers mm -hmm. put in there. Yeah. So, so the upbringing, right. they're like, they're like kids. Yeah. They're, they're One thing that I thought was, was interesting too, um, you know, to continue on the, the kid analogy, uh, watch out what you're feeding them. Right. And that was, that was brought up at right. the conference of like, you know, you don't, you're working with these third party organizations, like to train AI, you have to give them a lot of sensitive information, especially if they're using them for a core functionality. So are you feeding them your source code? Are you feeding them borrower information? Are you feeding them, you know, PIA? Um, that could be a problem, right? That could be, you don't like, you don't really know what's going to happen with all of this data that's getting oh, accumulated. I'm so glad you brought that up too, because yeah. from a security perspective, yeah. sure is no mystery, right? The last two, three weeks has been security breaches, you know, galore. Yep. Um, you got to make sure you know how that data is being used and yeah. see the evidence of it. Mm-hmm. Right. And that's, you I think, to your like point about, you know, let's, yeah. let's find something non poor, right? Like, let's find, let's find an easier way to implement AI to do a project, get our teeth wet, you know, from someone asking us a question. Um, the one way we were looking to do it is if someone asks us a question, let's find relevant support articles so a person doesn't need to talk to them, right? So we're tying our publicly available support queue with a question. That's it, right? Um, so just, you know, something like that, that will save you time, um, but it will be, you know, more controlled than, hey, let's use this for, for everything right now. Yeah, because that data, you don't know who's looking at it. Mm -hmm. And as lenders, yeah. as vendors who have a fiduciary duty, protect yeah. the data for consumers. So just be mm -hmm. really careful on that. Yeah. Make sure and, IT folks got that out. You know, there's always kind of a, a fad technology, right? Blockchain was going to completely change our industry uh, as of a few years ago. Um, you know, where do you think AI is going to settle, right? Um, do you think this is something that's going to go away completely? Are they going to find some niche applications? Like, how is this going to start to affect, you know, our, yeah. our day to day? So the biggest problem with AI right now is the good generative platforms and large language models are all owned by mega behemoths. Mm -hmm. And they're really, really good at it. Okay. Yeah. Um, a lot of smaller players, like some of the investments I made, are um, utilizing the behemoths. So there's arguments to be made that the behemoths could yank it one day, right? You know, tweak it and, and destroy your business model. And I think you know, like a, or buy you like a WhatsApp, right? Yeah, or buy you. That's the dream, yeah. right? For, for right. the vendors, yeah, for the technology vendors. Um, so th there's that underlying risk. Now that said, assuming that risk um, is not real or is, is minimal then I think it is about finding the niche. It's finding the applicability of it. And that's why I said earlier, don't try to go build your own model. It's already there. Try to find it and train it and inject mm -hmm. it into workflows and yeah. real world applications that the big guys will never think about. Mm -hmm. right? As much as Microsoft and Google and Facebook want to be part of mortgage and take a piece of buy, they've tried and they've shied away. And there's a reason. 
right? So that's left up to us to, to, to mm-hmm. find a way to inject it in the core. Well, the, the riches are in the niches, right? Um, I think we've both seen that with our businesses. So I think looking at AI like that is, you know, what niche problem can I use this to solve in a way that makes sense? You don't need to be a billion dollar company. You don't need to solve an issue for everyone. It's what pain is easily solved by this. And let's start there. Yeah, I think look at like uh, Jasper as one consumer mm-hmm. type of B2B software. You know, they're doing blog articles. I think it's a really good niche. Mm-hmm. Sure, you can go to ChatGPT to do it, but you're going to do it way faster and better on Jasper and it's worth yep. whatever they charge every month. Probably very much so. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. And then the larger companies, while they could do all of this, it just doesn't make sense for that. They can't do everything, right? So they're going to, you know, probably buy whatever pops up. It, well, you know, know, the big guys are looking at infrastructure. They're looking at, you know, a TAM of a billion people. Yeah. Communication, Gmail, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Um, Microsoft Word, right? Writing, putting words on paper, but niching right. it down to, you know, on-demand blog articles, you know, copy editing, right? That's, yeah. those are niches. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, email subject line writing. Yeah. Yeah. That's a big deal, actually. <laughs> yeah. I know. That's actually something uh, ChatGPT, we, we use it, our marketing team uses it for a bit for kind of, you know, generating content, generating ideas. Um, I feel like it gets you, you know, a lot of that stuff. It gets you 70% of the way there. And then it's a human that's going to get you the final, you know, 30%. Yeah. I would, never, I wrote a few uh, blog articles in the last few days uh, from mm-hmm. different uh, channels, but I would never just take ChatGPT. Yeah. Or Jasper, and just say put my name on it. Yeah, we read it, well, edit it, and I usually edit it about maybe forty percent of the way because yep. you know it's got to be your yeah. it's your name on the line at the end of the day. Yeah, and that so my my final uh, AI story is my wife works in college uh, college counseling, um, and a lot of people say, hey, can I just have ChatGPT write my college essay? Um, you know, she's tried it, like it will write one, right? And she had said one, yeah, it writes it fine, but it's the same essay that people have read a thousand times before and will just immediately throw out. Furthermore, at least in the college process, this is like the only chance you have to put any of your personality in an application. So now you're just kind of foreclosing that to AI if you're if you're going to not go and bother to write it yourself or put that personal touch on it. And I think that can, you know, that example applies to a lot of different things. That's a really interesting example. And I... I, yeah. I, I... So glad to hear that, right? Is yeah. that people want to put their own personality and information mm-hmm. to it? Because, right? I mean, at the end of the day, you can get the outcome of an article, but you didn't learn anything, right? You didn't refine yeah. your skills. You didn't make your statement on the world. You let a computer do it. Yeah, I think again, AI is a tool to support you to do better things, but it should make you more productive. Make sure make you better. Yeah, but if you let if you pass a buck over the AI, guess what? Uh, yeah, eventually it's coming for your job. Well, then, yeah, then the question is, will, will, you know, it ever close the gap on that 30% that it can't do that a human's still doing, right? And some applications, maybe, um, you know, in some cases, but hopefully, hopefully not. Yeah, I mean, look, it's, yeah. it's you, we're, we're, you're in school to learn, so go learn. Yeah. Learn how to well, use a tool, uh, you know, mm-hmm. apply it. So in wrapping up, we already asked you our normal closing question of what is, what is your, your personal lodestar? So I guess for you, it's what, what's getting you excited this year? What are you most excited about looking at, you know, 2024? Man, um, I would say it's getting back to business as normal. I know it yeah. sounds super boring, mm-hmm. a little bit of normality, nothing crazy booming like the pandemic, nothing right. like the post-pandemic boom, yeah. just a little stability and normalcy and, uh, you know, less rocky of a boat, 
would be fantastic for imagine me. that let's, let's just keep like a medium chop in the seas here so we can actually steer ships and know where exactly. we're going yeah mm-hmm. yep well i i appreciate that tim i appreciate you coming on uh it's been been fun to talk about and wishing you a great 2024 awesome thanks jim thanks, thanks. for having me on